Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. We can, we can do, do a lot, lot of things. things that looks like church, but it may not be church. It may be something we are doing. But there are a few things that you are very sure that when you do, you are doing what is pleasing in God's eyes. And that is, one of them is when you give respect to his word. When you give respect to his word, when you give attention to his word. Amen. So we are going to pray. As has always been, we're going to pray. Yes, some of you came when the beginning prayer for the service was already done. Don't worry, you are not left out. Most of us don't pray, isn't it? The only time we think about prayer is when we are in trouble. When something is happening and we've tried to solve it and it's not solving. That's when we think about prayer and then we discover that we don't even know how to pray. So we will pray when there's no problem. So that when there's, by the time a problem comes, we have already prayed for it. Amen. And we're going to pray about something that I believe if we are going to be pleasing to God, then it's an important topic to pray on. Amen. And that is, we're going to pray for God to bring us to the point, or let me put it this way, we're going to pray about our love for one another. Let me say it again. We're going to pray for our love for one another. Now, for the past week, or for some time, I've been sharing from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. You have your Bible. Please turn to it. Don't project it. Yeah, I think, yeah, the way it is now is cool. I just have mine. I just have mine. So don't project it. How many are visiting us for the first time? Give us a wave. Okay. Wow. You are not too many. Do you have a Bible? You don't. Is it because of those who are visiting us for the first time? You know, I want to be kind and polite. But some of you who are stubborn, in not bringing your Bible. You see, next time we'll find a way of solving their problem by giving them Bibles and we'll leave you out. Are you with me? As a person sitting by you, are you a Christian? Are you, are you a Christian? Except the people who are here for the first time, those of you that have been coming, ask each other, are you a Christian? Ask him, ask him. Then ask the person, ask the person, where is your Bible? Where is your Bible? Is 
You see, when, when, when I was in school, in, in, at university, I was doing medicine. And one of the signs by which you see the student doctors is we always wore our white coat. And then on top of the white coat, we put our stethoscope. So that just in case... You see, you don't know who we are. Zintla, do you guys do, do, you still, do, you guys do the same thing? <laughs> you know, meanwhile, we have big enough pockets to put a stethoscope, but we put it over our neck so that there will not be confusion. They get it because other people wear white coats like the lab technology students and things, but they don't have stethoscope. So you see, the one, when you see a stethoscope, you know who is coming. They get it. So in the same way, if you say you are a Christian and you don't even have, you see, and meanwhile, meanwhile, the student who has put the stethoscope over the neck and walking happily on, on the streets, during the world round with the consultant, he couldn't answer one question. But at least he identifies himself the course he's doing by the stethoscope. In other words, at least identify yourself by a Bible before we even start talking about whether you do what is written in it. Are you with me? Let us have a Bible. It's important. Amen? But in 2 Corinthians chapter, two verse, sorry, chapter 5, verse 15, he said, and he died for all, that they which live should no longer live for themselves, but to him or unto him which died for them and rose again. The New Living Translation says what? He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, this is what the Bible is saying that when you say you are born again, when you say you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, you believe in his death and resurrection, you believe in the power of his blood, what it means is that you have received a new life from him. And that new life should no longer be lived for yourself, but for him. So, you see, and, and, and I feel and I believe that a lot of Christians have not taken time to really understand this. But the power of Satan over your life, Satan's ability to control you, to manipulate you, to make you do things that are inappropriate is, is based in the fact that you live for yourself. Let me say it again. The power of Satan over you, over me, stays in the fact that I live for myself. So as long as I live for myself, I am subject to Satan's manipulation. 
And do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? Because you, even though you are living for yourself, you don't know everything about yourself and about what to do. So somebody has to guide you. Let me explain it to you again. You see, about me, I discover myself as I grow. Like you. You discovered yourself as you are growing. I mean, you don't know about you 10 years from now. You don't know. You can only guess, but you don't know. Somebody has to guide you. Somebody has to teach you. So if you are living for yourself, then you need a guide. And, and you see, the truth is that if you reject a guide, you will always go wrong. When you live for yourself, you need a guide. Because you are in an environment where you are not familiar with. When we come into this world, we don't know which way is right, which way is left. We are taught. We don't know what color is this. We are taught. All that you know in this life today, you are taught. So what happens is that because of what you don't know, you need a guide living for yourself. You have to learn things that if this is what I want, I must do this. And that is where the power of deception is. Because you, you'll be told that if you want to go right, you need to do one, two, three. But you discover that when you do that, it doesn't happen. For example, the world in which we live, we are not being taught constantly about the existence of another realm. All our efforts and every effort is teaching us and talking to us about what we can see, what we can hear, what we can smell, what we can taste, what we can touch. Basically. So you may not be aware that living for yourself makes you dependent on the environment, on the world in which you live in. And the world in which you live in is governed by Satan. The Bible admits that Satan is the God of this world. You don't agree with me? You look, you can check 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. You can read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. That, you see, whether you like it or not, this stage is too high. Now, I'll come down. But it's too far away. I, I don't, you know, when, when your bones, you can't be sure of the behavior of the bones. You don't do certain things. You don't start jumping and then after the service is over, you see my back. You get it? Listen, some things you have to accept. Yeah, you have to accept. You may be intelligent than young people, but listen, their bones are stronger than yours. Good. So, you see, Ephesians, you used to live in sin. You just remove the, you live in sin. You, you, you just used to live. Just like the rest of the world. How? How, how were you living? I said, how were you living? I said, how were you living? 
Did you know that you are obeying the devil? Did anybody teach you at the law, law faculty that you are obeying the devil? Nobody would tell it to you. Because what it is is that you don't know. And somebody has to direct you. Somebody has to tell you. This way, that way. So living for yourself makes you very exposed to the words of Satan. That's, that's the point. And it's because of the need for direction. It's because of the need for direction. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Or you don't, get, you don't understand what I'm saying? You see, if my life was all about me, what I want to do, where I want to go, and everything, I will have to depend on somebody to teach me, to direct me. That is why the Bible says in, I think, Psalm 6, is it Proverbs 16, verse 5 or so, that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. There is a way. It seems right because you have been taught things that are right. Or you have been taught things that you have been told is right. So when you see their presence, you agree that it's the right way. You see, most of us come from broken homes. Very few of us have mother and father staying in the house. And you see, at a point, they met each other thinking that they love each other. But they discover later that, oh no, no, this is a bad man. This is a bad woman. This is not what I want. But at the time of meeting, it was the right, it looked the right one. At the time of the meeting, it looks the right one. And most of us as young people, we will make choices. Unless God has helped us, we will make choices that will spoil our lives for good. Oh yes, yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Who you marry? The, cook, the people you choose to be friends with may determine whether your life turns out good or your life spoils. I mean, it, it doesn't occur to us. Is there anybody here you have become a friend or you chose somebody to be friends with and you later realize that this guy has taught me a lot of bad things? But when you were choosing them, you didn't even think about that. It's just that, oh, we, we, just, we just are happy with each other. We move around freely. We do this, we do this. That, that's all. So it's almost like the, the real parameters, we don't even know them. I mean, I met somebody as little as around seven years, eight years, who was teaching me how to dodge school. And, and that would have spoiled my life for good because by just simply going to school, my life has changed. Just simply going to school. My life has changed. Are, are you with me here? So the point I'm making is that the way, you see, there's a way, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seemeth, please write it in English for us. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Why does it seem right? Why does it seem right? Because you see, you are living for yourself. And you, you have come up with parameters that are okay with you. That's, I want to marry 
I'm looking for somebody to marry as a young man. And I, and I, I find attractive somebody with a lot of breast and a lot of backside. Or I find attractive somebody that is very tall and lanky. Or I find attractive somebody that is all-rounded. You know, I, you see, you have no idea the things, listen, ladies, you have no idea the things that attracts men. No, I can't tell you all because I can tell you mine. But I can't tell you all because they are here. You can ask them. I mean, some people, some people are attracted to hairy people. Somebody who is hairy. Oh, yes. It's, it's very funny. The human creation and the things that we hold on to. Everybody, sometimes, you see, those of you who are, when you have somebody who says, I like you, ask the person, what do you like about me? If you like, let's give a secret paper to the boys and ask them to write the features in a woman that they will like. If you like, ask them to write the features. You'll be surprised. I said you'll be surprised. Now, listen. It is, you see, it is these things that makes you deceivable. Are you getting my point? For example, for example, Satan knows that you like, as a young man, you like somebody who has a lot of chest. Do you get it? Some men are like that. I don't know what it does, but look. Come, come, come. Let him come, let him come. Do you get it? So if you are a person who likes somebody with a lot of chest, now, Satan now has to package his weapon against you in what you like. So, what do you like? Maybe you like somebody who talks. Satan has to package his weapon against you in what you like. That is why banana is used to attract monkeys. They don't use pap to attract monkeys. They use banana. Because they like banana. They don't use grass to attract lions. They use meat. You see, everybody and what you like, because it's about you. I'm, I'm saying something that I want you to understand carefully. And to, I'm saying this to give us the reason why we must pray for what I want us to pray for. Do you get it? So, living for yourself is the basis by which Satan has power over you. And Jesus Christ, having come to clean up your mess of your sins and your separation from God by going on the cross to die for you and me, 
has given you a new life and he said this time around don't use it like the way you used it before do not use it like the way you used it before in other words don't live it for yourself but live it for me the one who has given you the new life amen now, if we don't take this up truly and begin, you see, whether you want to obey the simple instruction of not living for yourself, but living for Jesus, will be reflected in the things that come up in your prayer to him. Let me say it again. Listen carefully. The decision to accept his instruction that those who live should no longer live for themselves but to live for him who died and rose again for them. The, the decision that that is what I'm going to do is going to be reflected in the things you go to God in prayer for. Yes. You see, if it's about me, my prayer list will be about me. When I went to medical school, my mind was, I want to be a doctor. I didn't go to the law faculty. I went to the medical faculty. I didn't go to the economics faculty. I went to the medical faculty. So what, what I am, or what I want to be, is reflected in the subjects I gave myself to study. Are, are you with me? It's reflected in the subjects I gave myself to study. You want to sit? Maybe you can come and sit down. And who ask you to go and wear these high heels? <laughs> who, 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 who says that by your high heels, Jesus is happy with you? You see, you see some of the things we do. I mean, you are want something that you can't even stand on it. You see, these are some of the problems, though. <laughs> anyway, so listen. Listen to me. If truly we want to live for Jesus, then there are certain things we must go to him to ask for. And one of them is love. To love one another. Remember last week, we read that whoever comes to me in Luke 6, I think 47, Whosoever come to me and do what I say, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man who digs dig deep and builds his house on a rock. Flat storms cannot break it. Now, you can never live for Jesus without having love. You can never. I said you can never live for Jesus without love. And if we truly want to live for Jesus, as he has instructed us, then we must pray to be loving. I know you have problems. I know you have issues. But remember, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And the beauty of it is that as you set your heart to obey him, 
and to live for him. He sets his face to provide every need of yours. My children don't pray for their daily provision from me as a father. They don't pray for it. If they pray, maybe they are praying that I should live long. But not so that daddy will give us money. No. Daddy gives them what they need because they are doing what daddy has asked them to do. Whether it's for their benefit or it's for daddy's benefit is irrelevant. Because they are doing what daddy says they should do, they get from daddy what they need to do what they have to do. No. They don't pray for money. I said they don't pray for money. Because they didn't get up to go to the universities they are going. I said they must go. And if I have enough sense to tell them to go, I don't think I'll be short of sense to provide for them. So they don't pray for provision. No. Wherever I get it from, it's none of their business. As far as we are concerned, you have asked us to go to school. We are going to school. We need food to eat. We need school fees to be paid. We need accommodation. It's your responsibility. It's as simple as that. Are you with me? And if me, a human being, full of evil, know how to do good things, how much more God? I said, how much more God? Why should you believe that when you live for Jesus, God will neglect you? How? I said, how? It's not possible. It's not possible. So I want us to go through the book of John chapter 13. And we are reading the whole chapter, even though we are going to just pray on a small portion. I want you to get into the habit of reading the Bible and let it not be strange as a Christian when you have to read the Bible. They say charity begins at home, isn't it? How can I expect you to read your Bible when you're on your own? When we are together, when we don't read the Bible? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. If I am saying that you must read your Bible at home, then when I'm with you, we must also read your Bible. Is Is it reasonable? The church is not a place of entertainment. It's a place of prayer. And we have to read God's word and take it to him. And say, Lord, you said we should love one another. So give us love. We need to love one another. We want to obey, so supply our, our needs. Because our hearts are full of hatred, bitterness, hurts, pain. But we want you to remove it and replace it with love. Hallelujah. And I tell you, when love is in you, Satan cannot defeat you. A person full of love. And you see, that's why Satan would paint. There's one of the things that is misrepresented. It's love. 
Listen, let me say this to you. Whatever you have been taught and you have been made to believe is love, it's nothing, it's, there's nothing love about it. Having sex is not love. Are you with me? So ladies, stop saying that you are expressing your love to the guy by having sex with them. It's not love, it's sex. Tell the person sitting by you. Stop mislabeling things. I think you should tell her. You should tell her. Stop mislabeling things. Now, if you like, if you like, if you like, and you are brave enough, ask a boy sitting by you. Whether when they are having sex, they think they are loving. Ask them. Ask him. No, you can ask him. Ask him. Ah. Why, you know, you can ask him. Have you, have you, have, have they asked you? Ask him. Tell them you demand an answer. Ask him, ask him. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know I'm serious. Buying flowers and all those things. You see, those things are what the English will call romance. But romance has nothing to do with love. You are being romantic, you are being seductive. Okay, um, you are delaying my prayer topic. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's start. You see, Satan will tell us his side of the story. And heaven, by the Holy Spirit, is also telling us the side of the story. Who do we want to believe? Because God does not, none of the things, verse 4, verse 4. Love is what? Is patient having sex? Is, is patient squeezing somebody? Love is what? Patience. And kindness. when you are sleeping with a girl and you know that you have other girlfriends, is that kindness? When, when the girl is giving you her money and you know that you are not going to marry her, is that kindness?
Let's read it. Let's just do the one. Just, just the jealous. What is the meaning of jealousy? Is it the person who loves you will not be angry when he sees you with another girl and another boy? Is it? It's not. It's not when the person sees you with another boy, or another girl, that you are doing something wrong with. No. Just talking to the girl or talking to the boy. Yeah. Just, and, and, and the truth is there's nothing. Stella. But, but you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Love is not jealous. So, what, you see, whatever we call love has nothing to do with love. Love is not boastful or proud. The next verse. Or rude. It does not demand its own way. So is there, is there any flowers here? Is there any chocolate here? So listen, most of you ladies and most of you guys say, I love you. You don't. You just last the person. That's, you last, you want, you have a desire to, to, to sexually be, be intimate with the person. That's, that's what you want to do. It's not love. Because there's none, the definitions here, we don't easily exhibit it. I said, we don't easily exhibit any of these definitions. Even with our own siblings, with our own siblings, I'm not talking about a stranger. He said, it does not demand its own way. How many times conflicts have come out because somebody is standing on their ground? No, I, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. You see, Satan has told you his portion of what love is. I'm also telling you the Holy Spirit portion of what love is. It's up to you to choose. But I will choose this one. Because love is not cheap. Mm-mm-mm. Love is not cheap. Just going to dinners and, and after. <laughs> it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. Some of you, you remember as far back as when you were five years when you were five years, five years.
It does not rejoice about injustice. But it rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You see, if, if, if we, listen, if we take this model, this, you know, love is a, is a whole subject or is a whole course. And this model of endures through every circumstance. Most parents would have been together by now if they really loved each other. If they really loved each other. A pastor's wife once told him, if you don't get a job, the pastor was working well, started a church, the church is doing well, and felt God calling him to give himself fully to the church and to build a church. And the wife said, no, you must, you must bring money home. And he said, if you don't get a job, I won't have sex with you. Listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about churchgoers. I'm talking about a pastor and a pastor's wife. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. He said, if he doesn't get, so the man also said, you said you won't give me. I won't also ask. You see, some people, some people, you don't threaten them. After three months, the woman was crying. You don't touch me. You don't do it. I said, ah, but you said if I don't get a job. Of course. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, Where's my clock? Okay. We have to pray. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Amen. Amen. So this is, if you are looking for a definition of, if somebody really loves you, that these are the things that you must see in the person's attitude towards you. That, that's real love. Not the ice cream he's buying and as, he's, as he gets the chance these days. You see, when we were children or when we were younger, to do certain things to a girl, you need darkness. But these days, it's almost like you, you don't need any darkness. And the girl is also happy. Are you a dog? Listen, I didn't intend to read this, but let's read our verse, our chapter. I, I'm, I'm not going to preach. Whatever I'm saying is a preaching. So we, we, we were going to pray about it. We want to be proper Christians. Because, you see, the evil that is around us is very strong. And if we don't get to be genuine Christians, Satan will make the means meet of us. You see, you can confess Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but your life will not reflect it. So of what use is a confession when it's not manifesting in your life? Are you with me? Yeah. We have to, you see, these are the last days, and they are not the time when we play jokes. No, no, no. And we must be real Christians. And when you are a real Christian, rooted in the love of God and in faith, you become, you, you see, in, the, when in, the, in darkness, even a smaller light becomes very magnified. Hallelujah. Yeah. In the darkness, a small. So the dark it is, when you become a genuine, sincere Christian in the eyes of God, your life will be mightily blessed because through you, God will do exploits with your life. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that is. Please look into your Bible if you have one. <coughs> Only those who don't have can read the screen. Young man, where's your Bible? What's your name? Yeah, where's your Bible? How can you be coming to church all these years without a Bible? Whose son are you? <laughs> Is your mother here? You must tell your mother or your father that they must buy you a Bible instead of buying you PlayStation. It will make you a great man of God. The Bible said, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and to return to his father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. May you never be prompted by the devil in Jesus' name. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. And he had come from God and would return to God. Whatever Jesus knew, the confidence that it gave him, may the Lord shine in our hearts who we truly are to him. That will cause us to have confidence even in difficult times. Amen. Because you see, when, you are, when, you are, when it has been revealed to you who you are, no matter what is happening around you, you know who you are. And it makes you stand. You will never yield to the deception of the enemy. You know who you are. You belong to God. And God loves you. And God will keep you. No suggestion of Satan will cause you to bow your knees to him. You will stay faithful to God. May that revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit come into your heart. That will make you strong against every temptation of the devil. The Bible says, so he got up from the table. You see, when you know who you are, you don't think about the situation. You just focus on who you are and you do what you must do. It's when you don't know who you are that you begin to ask yourself how the situation is going to affect you. You see, when you know that you are gold, you are not bothered about the fire around you because you know that when the fire is over, you will still be standing. Are you with me? I think we must pray as our prayer point. One of the points is God reveal to my spirit who I am in you that I may be able to stand in the days of difficulty. Yeah, never, you will never bow to circumstance. You know, many people bow to circumstance. They, they, because they don't know who they are, they go through difficulty and then they chicken out. But you see, like I said, gold, gold, gold is not afraid of fire. I said, gold is not afraid of fire. No, 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 no. God says to the fire, when you have done, I'll be here. And in fact, I'll use you to make me nicer. But rubber can't say that. Paper can't say that. Paper will say, Lord, let the fire go out. Otherwise, I'll be finished. But God will say, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful fire. It is making me brighter. It is making me more prominent. It is purifying me. Because God knows who it is. May you know who you are in Christ Jesus. So he got up from the table and took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. You see, I want to belong to you so much that 
you want to wash my feet, but I think you should wash everywhere. <laughs> Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. This is an instruction. If you are living for Jesus, then this instruction must be of importance to you. And it must be a prayer point that, Lord, whatever it means to wash one another's feet, give me the grace to do it. What, what it means is just be humble, just in case you don't know, before you go looking for people's feet to wash. <laughs> you see, you see, your feet is the lowest position part of your body. For me, to wash your feet, I have to go down below you. It means when I, I have to humble myself and consider myself as lower than you. I have to do it. You don't push me down. I have to go down. You get it? You don't tell me that you are bigger than me. I must tell you I'm less than you. I must tell myself that you are better than me. You see, whether you are or you are not is irrelevant. I must tell myself that you are better than me. Therefore, I must treat you with respect and I must handle you carefully. This is what it means to live for Jesus. Are you with me? We don't preach this because we feel that our money we don't have is a better prayer topic to bring to God than the prayer topic of, Lord, make me humble in my relationship one to the other. Whatever my mind or whatever is in my mind that has made me think of myself more highly than I ought to. Lord, deliver me from it. And in my dealings with one another, Lord, let me see myself as lower than the other person. You, whenever you see yourself as lower than somebody, you don't quarrel with the person. You start quarreling when you feel, ah, you are equal. Most of you will not quarrel with me. Even if I say something you don't like, you just keep it quiet and you say, oh, anyway, he's pastor, so. Yeah. And it's the right way to act. But you see, I must also see myself as lower than you. That you belong to God and I am to serve God's interest in you. A servant is not greater than his master. And a servant, a servant is not greater than his master's children. In fact, a servant you are of only use because of the master's children. <coughs> Lord, help us. You see, I have given you an example to follow. Verse 15. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters or their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for knowing. God will bless you. God will. Please, uh, we are here. We are. Listen, if you are waiting for me to preach, I'm preaching. No. I'm preaching. I don't want to do anything that Jesus, if we are to live for Jesus, then we must focus on the things he wants us to have in us so that we can live for him. Are you with me? Yeah. If I have employed you to come and clean my house, I must provide you with the tools you need. If you are coming to cut grass, I don't expect you to cut the grass with your hands. I must provide you with a lawnmower or a grass cutter. So let's, let's look for the things that Jesus has provided for us to be able to live for him. And whatever he related to his disciples, he, the things he showed them that they must have are the things we need to have. If there's any update, he will tell us by his Holy Spirit. But until then, 
we, at least we do what he, we saw him do with his disciples. And, and isn't it? So this is a very good prayer topic. I know your school fees is not paid. But listen, your school fees, your, your inability to get a certificate does not mean the end of your life. Just in case you don't know. A lot of people have certificates and have no good life. And, and there's nothing to write home about their lives. And a lot of people also don't have certificates and have just managed more small. And that everything about their lives is so beautiful. So it's not a certificate. We will, we will get it if we can get it. But it's not the end of the world if it's if not coming through. Don't, don't, don't think of going to commit suicide because your fees is outstanding and you are struggling. Please, it's silly. I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's what it is. Are you with me? It's not the end of life. I said it's not the end. You see, what you need is God's blessing. I said what you need is the blessing of God. Even if you decide to collect garbage from the street, when the blessing of God is in you, it will become an international business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you need is the blessing of God. You see, now that you know these things, who is going to bless you? God will bless you for doing them. Let's read on, verse 18. I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says that one who eats my food has turned against me. So as he was addressing the 12, he was, he was bringing out, this is not for Judas. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who has sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled. Ah, am I reading the correct verse? Now Jesus was deeply troubled and exclaimed, I tell, where am I? I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other wondering who he, he, he could mean. <laughs> Have you ever been in a meeting where they are talking to you but you are checking whether it's... it's <laughs> The disciples Jesus loved were sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him, tell us, ask him, ask him, who he's talking about. So the disciples leaned over Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? <laughs> Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I will give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, the son of Iscariot. I'm sure, it, I don't know whether what Jesus said, the, the others heard it, but Judas must, been of, must have been offended by it. May you never be offended when the word of God is spoken to you. Amen. Because that would give advantage to Satan over your life. When Judas had eaten the bread, he ate the bread too. You know, it looks like eating has a spiritual influence. Do, do you know why? Do you know why? Because in the story of Jesus, there's a place where, in the book of Luke, where the disciples were on the road after his resurrection. They were going to a village. They met Jesus. Jesus was talking to them. They didn't know that it was Jesus. The Bible says, after Jesus gave them the bread to eat, their eyes were open. What is it about eating that, that spiritual thing? Because here also, when the bread was given to him, after eating it, no, Satan came into him. Then Jesus told, may you never be given food to eat that will open the door of Satan into your life in Jesus' name. And as we partake the communion, may the Lord by his spirit do good things to you. When we take the bread, may it bring into your heart the spirit of God. May your eyes open and may you understand the scriptures when you read it. 
May your eyes open and may you understand events when they're happening around you and take good decision to the glory of God. May you never be deceived by the enemy because your eyes shall be open. Then Jesus told him, hurry, do what you are going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasure, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food (laughs) or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. As soon as Judas had left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into glory, and God will be glorified because of him. May God be glorified because of you. I said, may God be glorified because of you. Up until now, your life has glorified Satan. But may God be glorified because of your life. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will soon give glory to his Son. As you glorify God by the way you live and by the things you do, may God also glorify you in every way, both in heaven and here on earth. May you never be ashamed to humanity, but may humanity talk about you as if you are the Son of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. As I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I am going. So now I'm giving you, so now, this is what I want us to pray about. You see, the man is about to go. And you see, the few words of a person who is departing is very important. It's very, very important. You know, I never had a chance in the last few moments of my parents to hear them talk. And it pains me up to today. My father for years could not talk because he had had stroke and his condition has deteriorated. But I visited him all the time whenever I was in Ghana, hoping that he would say something to me. But he never said anything to me. As for my mother, I had the chance to visit. But I thought, in three weeks' time, I'll be going there anyway. So let me wait. Later did I know that I would, have been, I would have waited too long. But I wish I could hear them tell me something. Maybe it will be my guide. Whatever your parents will say to you, pray that your parents will say something to you before you de- they depart this life. Pray. It will guide you. Because the presence of your parents, there's, there's a spiritual force by the presence of your parents in this life. I remember when my mother died, I felt like a wall has been removed behind me. That's how I felt. Like a wall has been removed behind me. So I'm standing at the edge of a place, but there's no wall behind me. To so the slightest mistake, I'm off. So Jesus said, now, now, now that I'm going, And you cannot come where I'm going to. Listen to me carefully. I'm giving you a new commandment. What is that commandment? What is that commandment? Do you think Christians take this commandment as something serious? If if we really took Jesus seriously and we were to live for him, his instructions would mean so much to us. He said, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. I, I, I don't know, but this week, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that you guys don't pray about any of the commandments of God. You pray about yourself. You want this, you want that, you want this. You are, you are, you are praying about useless things. Things that are already yours. Things that are already yours. Pray about important things. You see, I want, and I started praying about it. Lord, I can see in my life and at many places that I did not allow love to dominate. I did not obey this commandment. Because whenever I see the commandment of love and I go to the definition of love, you will find that a lot of the things that you will react to, the way you did it, you will never do it like that. You see, love does not mean you will not be hurt. But love means you react in the way that Satan does not get you when you are hurt. Hallelujah. 
Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple, that you are living for me. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are living for me because Satan will never be able to defeat you because Satan never defeated me. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't come with me now. He didn't say you can't come. You can't come with me now. But you will follow me later. Uh, Uncle Peter, you know, he doesn't agree. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth. Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Let's go on, let's go on. I need to finish. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me also. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. What, what are the points we need to pray about? Come again. Love for one another. But there was another one that I said we should pray about it. Come again. Okay, how about the humility part? Or you, second one. So how many points do we have? So please write it. Can you quickly put it up? We are going to pray. Let's stand to our feet. Are you ready to pray? Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If you go to church and you don't have any topics immediately to pray on, then you didn't go to church and you must be happy to pray because God is the answer or God is the one who would answer our needs. And if we pray according to his will, he will hear us. I said, if we pray according to his will, he will hear us. And I can tell you for sure that these things we are coming to pray on, God will answer you. And you see, these things, when they are in your life, you will see where, how far it will take you. You see, it will, it will take you where your certificate can never go. It will take you where your degree will never be able to go. When you have love one for another, it will make you go higher. And you ask, by what qualification do I come here? When you have love, I say, if you do these things, God will bless you. It's not Satan. God will bless you. And you see, when God wants to bless you, he doesn't have a discussion with anybody. That's the beauty about God. Your, your pastor may not like you, but God will still bless you. When you do what he, 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 he wants, <laughs> your boss may not like you, but God will bless you. Yeah. It, you see, when God wants to bless you, it doesn't matter who doesn't like you. So stop worrying about who doesn't like you, who rejected you, who didn't choose you. Stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. What is important is for God to make a decision about you favorably. And for God to make a decision about you favorably, just do what he says you should do. Have you put on the things? Please, we have our prayer topics. Just give it to us so that we are going to pray. We are waiting for you. You should learn to be smart. We are here to pray. How many want to pray? How many believe that it's a good thing to pray? Because there's a God in heaven who answers prayers. I said, he said, call on me and I'll answer you. Who I am in Christ. And then put it, grant me the grace to be humble. Grant me the grace to be humble in my dealings with my fellow Christians. Don't, don't write this brethren and all those things. We don't, we don't know much of this brethren. fellow Christians and even unbelievers. You get a fellow Christians and even unbelievers. And Lord, as the Bible says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, release in my spirit to love. To love. Make me a loving person. Make me a truly loving person. 
that men will know that I live for Jesus. Because for God so loved the world, let my life be a reflection of your love for humanity. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you. So just write, please write the thing well. I think they are too big. Write it well so that we can, they can all fit nicely. Lift up your voice and begin to ask God. Thank you. Thank you. Lift up your voice and pastors, help me pray. I, I, you must come on the stage when we are praying. Don't stand there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Rimando Sikabayan, 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 Rimando Sikabayan,
Jesus.
According to his will. Oh, yes. oh lift you, up Jesus. your voice and thank you. Thank you, you will know who you are in Christ Jesus. You will be humble in every way, in your dealing one with the other. 
you will be a loving person. For you, the spirit
by your spirit you have granted us grace to be humble in dealing one with the other humility shall be abundant in our lives in our actions and in everything we do and therefore Satan shall never have power over us but we will resist him and he will flee because we submit ourselves to your word thank you Lord for your love that never fails that is shed abroad in our hearts we will love one another and we will love the world that you died for that through our lives they might be saved thank you Holy Spirit thank you for delivering us from the wrong concept of what love is and showing us clearly in your word what love means Father may we never fall for the deception of love as presented by the world but may we be true lovers true lovers in our lives we thank you Holy Father for every answered prayer and I thank you that even though we did not pray about our needs our needs are met because you are our God every cry, every tear is wiped every lack is supplied. Thank you that you have made a way where there seemed to be no way. And you have provided where there is nothing. Thank you Holy Spirit for everyone that is here. In Jesus name. Amen. Please be seated. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want to ask you have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who came to die for you? His blood was shed so that you will receive forgiveness of sin. But not only receive forgiveness of sin, but to become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. This afternoon, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have not done so, I call on you to do so. For there is a time and there is a season when many things are possible but there comes a time when the season is past it's just impossible today if you hear my voice harden not your heart but Jesus is calling you come 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 every head bowed and every eye want to say pastor please I want to give my life to Jesus I want to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ lift up your right hand I'll pray with you Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I say, Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me. I want a personal relationship with Jesus. With God through Jesus Christ. Lift up your right hand and let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, I see a few hands that are lifted up. At the back, there are a few hands are here. I see a few hands that are saying, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I accept you. Jesus, I receive you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see a hand that is lifted up. Please. Yes, let's lift it up. Let's, let, let us see you so that we can pray. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yes, I see a few hands. Ashes, why can't you see? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. I want us to pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. 
And gave Jesus Christ your only begotten son. To come and die for my sins. You brought him back to life. So that I will have a new life. He's seated at your right hand. Therefore, by this prayer, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess that you're the Son of the living God and that your death was for my sins. Therefore, I come to you as my Lord and Savior. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk with you, that I may live for you this new life that I have from you. I thank you for loving me just as I am. Give me a heart to love you in every way. I thank you, Father, for this provision. You are my God and I will obey you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Father, thank you for these precious souls. Let your blessing rest upon them. Keep them safe. Deliver them from evil. And let them walk an upright life. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The rest of you will be seated. Do, do they have their certificates already? Okay. So just, you can, you can take it so that we can take a picture. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.